G'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Modern Workplace Hacks podcast. Your co-host Josh Heathcote and my name is Tom Freer. And this week we're having a really deep dive discussion on Windows 7, Windows 10, life cycles of operating systems and PCs and security. Um, we kick it off with a bit of a, uh, a finding of ourselves in the naming of this podcast. But uh, bear with us, we are going deep into some of the technology that runs your business today. Welcome to the Tom Freer podcast, helping business leaders keep up with fast moving uh, technology. Um, This is all about helping business leaders uh, get more out of their technology, um, their work and their life. Um, Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we changed the name? Yeah, well, Workplace Hacks is kind of like, I think we want to, we're a bit bigger than that. Modern Workplace, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair enough. I think we're we're a bit bigger than it. Um, I think it's still going to be chatty. I think we're still going to, and today we're going to cover a couple of things coming towards the fast approaching start of 2020. And um, a couple of things I want to cover today is we seem to be getting a lot of questions about what's happening with Windows 7 and Mm. is my machine suddenly going to get turned off? Um, I think is a real worry. Uh, second to that, uh, there's a big spike in cyber baiting. Yeah, phishing scams phishing and all scams. that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, we've seen lots of that come seeing through. More and more of it, and I think uh, it'd be good to give the listeners a bit of perspective about that. And then also getting your head around planning for 2020. So it's it's just around the corner now. No one really wants to admit it. We're shocked that we're at the end of the year already. But um, what do you do to sort of get your technology ready? And I think a lot of people plan financials and they plan staffing and they plan all of those other things and sort of this fast moving beast called technology gets left behind. And then they start making really reactionary decisions in February when they realize that they need to uh, update this or change that on. Well, particularly if they're planning for, as as an organization, if you're planning for growth, Okay, so typically it comes in a couple of forms. It's growth in revenue and sales, but to drive more revenue and sales, typically it's going to mean more staff, maybe, or at least more stock and more more system, and that will lead to more and better systems. Absolutely. So anything that you change in your business, you you have to take into that consideration the... um, uh, the technical aspect of it as well so yeah okay we can we can delve into that cool cool sweet as what's your thoughts let's start with uh windows 7 because that seems to be coming up a lot uh windows 7 yeah it is it's um so microsoft are officially stopping support for windows 7 on the i think it's the 14th of january 2020 um and look windows 7 has been around for a long time um yes. A very long time, and it's it's a it's a super solid platform, and it was probably one of Microsoft in in those days one of Microsoft's best release yeah. operating systems, um, and it's been been brilliant. It was a big jump, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, look, we had what do we have? Windows ninety five, sort of. That's where we kicked off that gooey looking looking thing. It I mean, changed. we had Windows three one and stuff like that, but yeah, yeah. 95, 98. I think the next big one in there was Windows XP. Yep. Um, surprisingly, I've seen a few of those still around, uh, which is scary as. <laughs> Takes you back to uh, the dark ages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I do want to try and install Windows 95 on one of the new machines. <laughs> I'm interested to see how that runs. Um, 
So we had that XP and it was again, when we came from 95 and Windows 98 and there was a Windows Millennium in there or ME, I think they called it. That's right. That's um, all about some that. of those were pretty, pretty bloody average. <laughs> Um, and XP was really solid as well. So XP was a, was probably the first part of this this transition to the their new, new, their new, the new Microsoft. The new Microsoft. Um, so we had Windows XP, which is now well and truly retired. Um, and then in amongst it, we had Windows Seven and Windows Vista. Yes. Now I can't I can't remember timing. No. Which came first? Windows Seven was great. Yeah, Vista was a dog's breakfast. Dog's breakfast. That's right. And Worst bit of software I think they've ever deployed at a desktop, and I think they tried to get rid of that real quick. And then we went into the Windows Eight era. Tried to change everything at once. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had Windows it. Seven. Um, tried to change a lot in Vista, and it just was. It was just a really flaky bit of software. Yeah. Um, very bad. Um, and then we had the really big change, which was into the Windows Eight. Eight sort of era. So Windows Eight was Microsoft's first play in that whole. We're going to get rid of the start menu that everyone loved. Yep. We're going to go. <laughs> we're going to be. This is when touch devices were really starting to come in. Yeah, wow. So we're, we're driving touch screens, and and that was that new look where you had the um, uh, the the tiles and things like that. Yep. Yep. So Windows Eight came out, and it was canned as well <laughs> because no one liked the tiles. So they went to eight point one. Um, Geez, I wish I could remember the years, but anyway, um, so eight point one. They brought back the stuff. Business leaders sometimes you just need to try things because there's someone like Microsoft are trying things and failing, trying things and failing. Oh yeah, I think yeah we all need to keep that in mind. Had plenty of <laughs> plenty of shots at stuff, um, and then they brought Windows eight point one, which sort of reintroduced the start menu and and combined the start menu and the tile stuff. Yeah, um, and now we're at Windows ten. Yeah. which is i think by far their best platform they, they've sort of agree. nailed I would agree. nailed it in that um so microsoft windows 10's been out for now a couple of years and it's got a really good foothold yep. really stable yeah we get updates and stuff that can break a few things but that's typical with any any sort of platform um so yeah on the back of that and based on the lifespan which is 10 plus years um, which is what microsoft sales support and operating system for is is 10, 10 years, years yep. um we're now seeing windows 7 gone gone so but not officially gone guys. not not officially <laughs> gone so what i think some people are getting worried about is oh no we're going to get to june january and my machines are all going to stop well it's not going to happen so your windows 7 is going to keep running there's also a windows server version that's getting unsupported 2008 okay that's um, something to keep in mind which so, a lot of people don't probably realize yeah, yeah. so uh, windows 7 and windows 2008 were built on the same code base yep so they're very similar in that underlying um, components to them uh, and they're both being what Microsoft call retired unsupported from the 14th of Jan which is about um, and when they go unsupported it means they're not going to release any more security yeah, updates. I was going to say go deep on that explain what unsupported actually means. So unsupported means well one if you have a bit of software that you can't get to run on this on the application Microsoft not going to help you yep so typically you'd have you'd be oh, i've got this if you're a developer or something or you've got a bit of software that is supposed to be supported by windows 7 and you're trying to install it, it's not working microsoft aren't going to help you yep um so from that side of it but from a general business perspective 
if you're just running standard apps, it's not normally a problem. But what's going to happen is that from that date, so basically end of January, there's going to be no more security updates applied. Yep. Now... So that means they stop the patching. Stop the and patching and all that sort of yep. stuff for it. So up until that date, you'll get patched up until then. You'll still be able to get the old patches so you can make sure everything's up to date. Yep. But what it means is it, it introduces a big risk to your business because if Microsoft aren't patching it, and someone finds a vulnerability in it, which we know happens because that's why Microsoft are releasing patches and updates and all that sort of stuff, which is why we have to keep those machines updated. Because if someone out there goes and finds a vulnerability, well, Microsoft aren't gonna patch it, which means potentially your business is now at risk of being attacked. Now, it's not that your business is gonna be suddenly on the 15th of January, an open target, an open slather. Yep. Um, it's not someone gonna come in and, and hack you and, and direct directly hack you. But what it is, is if someone goes, oh, actually I found this bug in Windows 7, mm. and if I can create this bit of software and I can get it to run in someone's computer or someone's network, then I can capture their data, or I can lock them out, I can do whatever a hacker wants to do yep. with it. Yep. That's what's gonna, gonna be the problem. Yeah, which is a, a concern. So really it's about getting a plan in place. Getting a plan in place, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and it goes hand in hand, I think, with what you touched on before with that increase in phishing and, and sort of security vulnerabilities there. Yep. Um, because if you're running Windows 7 and you've got your email running on there and someone's developed this, found this vulnerability and developed a hack for, for Windows, suddenly now that's going to come through your email. So the, yep. the first point of call for most of these, these is a is a spam attack. So they're going yeah. to be phishing, they're going to be sending it out. So yep. you click on a link and suddenly this file executes. Yep. There's no patch available. You've now affected your machine, potentially affected all the computers in your office and your network, yep. and things are growing into a halt. Yeah, so that's sure. that's the risk around it. So yeah, as you said, it's about planning now. Uh, and it's hard. I mean, it's a, it's a big cost. Absolutely. It's We're seeing, yeah, people that have to replace 10, 20 machines to... Uh, to, to get up to and, and upwards. And... And it's and the funny thing is, I mean, in in some cases, the Windows Seven and the PCs themselves are still running all right. Yeah, working fine. Um, and, and in that, I mean, look, that, the life cycle of a typical PC or laptops that sort of two to three years. Yeah. But in in a lot of cases where it's just that sort of standard office work, running Word and Excel and Outlook, Definitely. those machines will just keep running. Yeah. So it, it's a hard, sometimes a hard justification to go you've got these users over here and they're actually working okay mm. and there's no real issue. Yeah, you're going to start to run into problems as you want to go to things like Office 365 and Cloud. But yes. as it stands today, it's working. So it's, it's it can be a hard justification to go, well, I've got to replace 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 machines. Um, but in saying that, you're going to get a lot more value and a lot more benefit moving forward as well, Abs- not just from the security Absolutely. side. Absolutely. What I've seen with, with 10 is just the, the usability and the productivity gain that you can get from um, the, the, the new things that they've brought in, the utilisation of 365 and Teams and, and yeah, so Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's sort of it. So, I mean, as Microsoft develop and, and a lot of people are running Office 365 and that's where you're going to go, like... Office 365 if you're a Microsoft shop with your email and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. All that's going to stop getting supported on those platforms as well, so yeah. Windows 7. So as you start looking at the bigger picture, if you want to start, and, and particularly a lot of clients moving to the cloud now, 
um, starting to wanting to leverage more of that platform, yep. you're not going to be able to do it with, with Windows 7. So no. you, you need a Windows 10 where it's really tightly integrated. It's actually really slick and you start using the teams and finding yeah. stuff and um, and getting through there. It's, it's a little bit getting used to, but I think it's it's a lot easier. to. I, I, I find it actually really intuitive to get around and Definitely. find stuff and search capability and... Um, Look, I mean, there's there's all sorts of things that'll that'll be built into this as we go forward. Oh, and it's only getting and, better and all sorts of stuff. Only so. getting better. <clears throat> only getting better, and and the, I mean, you look at like the the touchscreen type devices that are out now, mm. pens, writing. You just do it all on there, and that's that's Windows 10 capability. Yep. Um, plus, then your cloud sort of platform into it. So, yeah. A couple of questions just to wrap this part up. How um how do you know you've got Windows 7? I think is is a question that may some people would have. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the quickest you... the quickest way from a user perspective, you'll look to the bottom left of your screen yep. and you'll have a little round circle with the Windows logo on it. Great. And when you click that, your menu pops upwards. Great. And that's typically if you look at a later version Windows 10, it's it's square and it's sort of a, a square yep. button on the left. Doesn't really look like a button, but it's there. Um, but under Windows, it's it's actually round. That's the quickest way you can sort of yep. look at it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Number two, that that fear factor of the fact that you're used to using something, um, obviously using Windows 7, jumping to Windows 10, bringing your information across to that uh, migration, I suppose. How easy is it? Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, if the network's set up right and, and your systems are right, then the actual migration process is pretty pretty, easy. pretty simple. Yep. Um, I mean, there are going to be things you need to look out for around if you're using particular type of applications yep. um, and particular versions of applications. There's chances are you may have to upgrade some of that software as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so some older versions of software may not work as well on, on Windows 10. Yep. Um, you, you may have custom... And this is... As sort of some some organisations have custom built style applications that yeah, aren't really yeah. off the shelf, yep. um, they're going to need to make sure they test that. Um, and then as you do transition, if you're going to when when you do that transition from seven to ten, you also the the recommendation is really look at transitioning your Office version at the same time. Same time, because okay. typically if you're running Windows ten, you're probably on an older version of, of Office. Yep. As well. Yep. Um, so build up the new image, your, your new environment. Get users, get them a bit of you can, and we can you can show them. You can go through and build up a couple of machines and do some education yep. and education show. But, but do do both at the same time. Yep. You, you don't want to be trying to roll trying out an old version and then trying to then trying to do another upgrade second time around. Do it. Do it all at once. It, yep. It's yeah, okay. There might be a little bit of pain from a user perspective, but office is office, and people can generally find themselves around that pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. there's not major changes in it in, in a lot of the versions now, but yeah, it is a bit new, looks a bit fresh, and, and look, particularly if you're running Office 365, you're gonna to wanna to get to the latest version because we've got new versions of Office coming out as well. Yep. So it'll yep. just get updated. So yeah, that's um, cool. That's it, but yeah, look, I mean, don't don't be afraid of it. It's, yeah, it's change, and, and not, not many people actually like change. Like change, yeah, I think um, that's the thing. There's, a, there's a, see the, a perceived fear factor there that- Yeah, there is. Isn't, isn't needed because no, no i mean look and, and people get comfortable hard. and that's yeah. that's part of it it's it's a comfort thing um and we've seen it in, in lots of areas and even in our industry we see it where people get comfortable doing things a certain way um so they're not going to change but mm. but inevitably change for the sake of change okay yeah that's that's never great but as long as you can as long as there's change with benefit yeah um 
even if it's small in the in the first sort of stage yeah um but but the platform that you would move to that the benefits are huge as, yeah. as you start leveraging yeah, yeah. it and looking in deeper or what you I can think do. that's what you got to remind yourself of yeah definitely cool definitely cyber tell me uh give me the overview at the moment huh. there's a lot happening yeah, I mean, we see lots of news, um, and there's there's still lots of reports and, and everything. Every, I mean, every second day there's there's a Someone, breach of something. Um, and, and when we look at those, a lot of them are big companies that are that are actually targeted. Yeah. Um, but as we bring that down, there's reports from government now. So I think 2018 last year, um, Australian government introduced the notifiable data breach laws which means yep. that if you get compromised you have to report that to to government okay um, if you're a certain size organization in sure. that sense um you have to report that to government and within a, a certain period of time i mean that's just that's you an go added a bit thing deeper on that when you say compromise do you mean releasing of personal data yeah, it, mean, what, what does that i mean it's it really is is if your organization has been breached or compromised in some way it doesn't matter we won't worry about the specifics of that yeah but if you've had private or personal data leaked so you yep. might be an organization financial services or something like that where you're capturing people's personal details yep. names addresses tax file numbers yep. um dates of birth life all that sort of stuff now you've got that on your systems yes which you would likely have it in, a lot in of some organizations way. do do um now if your organizations get when i say compromise someone gets in in whatever way we'll worry about that later but they get in and they steal that data hmm. um and you know that they've stolen that data yep. you have to notify the government um and also you have to notify the users that are affected yep sure. um so not only i mean there's there's a reputational <laughs> issue, issue around that yeah. um but more so i mean it's it's not even even if that data hasn't been put in the public domain but you're aware that it's been stolen yep um then you have to notify the other thing is if you lose the data right. now when we say lose okay. the data you might have a laptop yep. that has an excel spreadsheet on it that has all your clients details in there so and that laptop gets lost it gets left in the back of a bus it gets whatever it gets stolen yep that's a notifiable data breach. Yeah, wow. Um, you haven't been hacked in any way, yep. but you've lost that data. You don't know where it is. Yep. And if you've got no controls around what's how that sits on the machine, yep. um, to be able to confidently say we can get it back or can, can delete it or remove delete it, it. Yep. then that's a breach. Yep. Um, now, so, yeah. So yeah, I think explain that because that's an interesting one because there is a way where if you do leave a device somewhere, you can confidently then say we have wiped that data, yeah. which then you can wipe your hands. And, th and that's that. right. And that's 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 all the lead up work you've got to do. Yeah. So, okay. So if, if we look at um, an organisation that's really just out of the box, they've got their Windows machines, they've got some Office files, and they've got their CRM. Right. Yep. They haven't really looked at security. Yep. Um, so the machines are probably quite vanilla. Um, now, if someone and and mobiles as well. Yes. So chances are you've got people in your organisation with personal mobile phones and they've mm. all got email running on it. And that's probably Pretty way more common. Pretty normal. The loss yeah. of a mobile phone. Yeah, 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 loss common. of a mobile phone. But mm. but if you've if you've taken no action um, or looked at the risks within your business and gone, okay, well, if someone loses that device, what data's on there? Mm. Okay, so I might lose my laptop. What data's on there? Well, you might have email stored on there, which you yep. would. Yep, in absolutely. There. You have 
documents, um, whether they're synced or whatever, they're still on that device, right? Yes. So if you lose that, that laptop, there's nothing stopping anyone pulling it apart, yeah. pulling the hard drive out and having a look. Putting it in somewhere else. Putting it in someone else yeah. and having a look. And that's as, that, that's, that can happen. That's, yep. that's pretty normal. Um, well, I wouldn't say it's normal, but that's, that's yeah. the risk. If so someone, someone, if loses someone wants to, they can. So if that happens and you've got data on there, well, how do you how do you control that? How do, yeah. how are you protecting that? Yep. Um, look at your mobile phone. Mobile phones in your business. I guarantee everyone's got email on their phone. Yeah. Definitely. And they're probably personal devices. Yep. Now, if you have an employee and they leave the business, whether mm. they're terminated or otherwise, doesn't matter. Um, they might just be be moving on. That's fine. If they've got your corporate email configured on their personal device, how are you stopping that data going yeah. with them? Absolutely. You're not. So you've got to look at it. Okay, there might be an amicable amicable separation. That's that's all cool. It happens every day. People come and go and leave businesses. But how are you controlling that data? So out of good faith, you can ask them, can you delete the the email, please? That's cool. But Do they know how to do that properly? Do they know how to do it properly? Are you sure they've done it? But what if they've left under other circumstances? Absolutely. Then... Are they going to they going to oblige? Yeah. So you need to be thinking about as a business if you have that type of data. Not every business has that type of data, and that's fine. Mm. Um, but think about it if you've got that personal data of clients, or okay, how are you controlling? So there are technologies yeah. that you can put in place to protect all this, but you've got to do it up front. And what would you say? What are the top five sort of businesses? Financial services. Financial services. Health. Uh, health. Health. Yeah. I mean, they've got lots of there. Um, so financial services, accounting, health. Um, Look, they're, they're probably the big the ones. The big ones, yep. Those um, two. That they might be legal as well because you'll have a lot of personal data as, yep. as, a, as a law firm. Um, but you've got to look at your your organisation because you might be in you might be in construction, but you're capturing all this personal data. Or you might have credit cards on file and things like mm. that. that. Opens up a whole other thing. But <laughs> yeah. but you've got to you've got to really look at the type of data you've got stored doesn't yes. matter where it's stored whether it's yep. in a crm whether it's an excel file whether it's an email you've got to you've got to really identify what that data is yeah where it is is it something that if it got out in the public domain um is that an issue yes um for you or is it an issue for the client mm. um those type of things so you might have data and it, it's all publicly information i mean yeah everyone can get our company name and, and abn and, and yep. address yeah so that's Stock standard. It's stock standard, not really an issue, but not everyone can get my date of birth and my driver's license number and my Medicare number. and my tax yeah. file number. Yeah. So you've got to work out what you're collecting mm. um, and understand that. So that's the that's the risk. So that's what we're seeing um, as the risk. If I go back to the original question of what's happening in the landscape, mm. well, it's a lot of it is, is what we see as fishing. Yes. And it's about... People, when you say phishing, that's coming coming through, through an email. email. Yep. So email coming in, think it's coming from someone that you know. You yep. click on a link, you enter in your credentials. That's yep. now been been stolen. Compromised. Um, the other the other aspect is, and again, it's an email attack where someone outside your organisation may have already been compromised, and they're sending you uh, an invoice yes. to pay, and that invoice has been changed, and the bank details have been changed, and then you're paying data into the wrong bank account yep. so 
they're, they're the type of email attacks and then you have the actual ransomware style stuff where yep. an email comes in you click on it and you execute a file and, file on there. and your machine's locked and your yep. network's locked and, yep. and whatever so there's whole different ranges but where, where we where the reporting indicates um, is that the, the vast majority of the, the threats are coming in via email, email. Yep. and that's not you as an organisation being specifically targeted mm. these are Email threats that are just going yeah, out across yeah, the board. Thousands and thousands of emails a day. So that's where it happens, and and what sort of what where we see sort of the the low end of the scale is that someone's clicked on a link, entered their used their email address, um, username and password into a dodgy site, and they think nothing of it. They go, oh, yep. that site just didn't work. Didn't okay? work. Yep. Um, so now you've got this attacker somewhere sitting there who now has access to your email because yep. if you're on a cloud-based email system at Google, Office 365, even your corporate email, which is accessible publicly, yep. um, they can log into your email. Yeah, which so, is crazy. So they're logging into your email and the first, the, I mean, a lot of it is around, well, now they've got access to your email, they're now going to pump out hundreds and hundreds and thousands of emails through your email, email address, address to your contacts, to whoever they've got, and they're, they're going to use your email address yeah. as a... As, as a spam. A vehicle. As a vehicle. Yeah. So now your email account is now spamming the world. Yeah, right? yeah. So then you get a thousand replies back going, oh, wait, is this legit? What's going on? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. Um, so you, you've got a reputational, you've got a productivity, you've yeah. got a, okay, so they're in your email now and they're using it. What else are they doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Could be resetting all kinds of things. Well, that's the, the next thing we to, see. To all kinds of applications. So... People can be in your email, and, and the, the scary thing about it is, is that they could be in there for months yeah. and not do a thing. So they could have access, and they could be yep. sitting there. And we've seen it where they're sitting there watching. Mm. So they're watching your email. So they're what they're doing is building a profile around your business. Yeah, wow. Um, so they can do that externally. They can look up LinkedIn, and they can look up your website, and it'll tell you who the CEO is and the CFO. And yeah, and they and and some of these these um, organized attackers will build this profile around your business, right? Amazing. So they know that I'm the CEO, yeah. and that my accounts person is yeah. X Y Z, right? Yeah. So okay, so they they've built this, and they may or may not be in the email or whatever. Like they can yeah. do this externally. So what they do is they create this email that looks like it comes from me, from you, and they send it to my accounts lady, yeah. and they go, "Hey, Joan, yeah, uh, can you organise to pay this invoice for me?" Yeah, and it just says Tom Freer at the top, yeah, and it might be my email address, and it yeah. might just have one letter change, but. Which Who looks at it? Does anyone up. look at it? No, you never no. pick up. So they, they've worked out and Joan goes, oh shit, that's Tom. Yeah. Better pay that invoice. I better do it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the invoice may or may not get paid depending on your internal processes. The invoice gets paid and then Tom comes around he's doing his end of month audit or whatever and goes, where did that five grand go? Five what, grand. what is that? Uh, oh, that was this invoice. Uh, what, what invoice is that? Who is that? <laughs> Who is it? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. That's the type of stuff that goes on. And that's on. coming. That's happening more and more common. Yeah, and that's coming outside. But but where we've seen it is where people like suppliers or even organisations been compromised, and these people are inside the emails. So they they may okay. Say they've attacked my email address, and for whatever reason they've got in somehow to my email account, right? Mm. So they could do exactly the same process, but this time it's actually coming from my email account. Yeah, wow. So they send this to Which join is more real. <laughs> and, and even if she knows what to look for in that email, she'll be yeah. looking at the address and doing, okay, no, that's definitely come from Tom. Yeah. And now paid it again. Yeah. So it's like, okay, right. So how do you do it? But worse still, what happens is, is that they might be watching and they'll work, okay, I'm on the accounts person's email, right? Yeah. And they're watching, 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 and there's purchase orders going backwards and forwards with suppliers. Yeah. 
And what they do is then they'll set up some rules to redirect these emails out. So yep. you don't see the email, right? Coming, yep. They've seen it, they've yep. read it, they've got the original, they've yep. mocked up a new invoice and then allowed it to go through. Yeah, wow. And suddenly you think you're paying a known supplier, but the bank details have changed. Yep. The, the first time you know about it is when you ring the supplier and go, where's my order? And they go, I haven't been paid. And you go, yeah, yeah I got paid you two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Gone. Unbelievable. So that, this is not, some of it is a technology issue and there's technology that needs to be put in place, multi-factor authentication, these type of things. Yeah. But the biggest part in your accounts departments is education, education and yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get an invoice that needs to match the bank details that are in your CRM or CRM. your accounting system. Yeah. Yep. So you need to be paying off that. If there's a change or a discrepancy or if someone's yep. asking you to change bank details, yep. which is the other thing that happens, well, you've got to make a phone call. But don't phone off the signature. No. Phone out of the details you have on file. Yeah, yeah. Um, good advice. So it's process. Process around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really good So advice. anyway, pretty scary. And that's where we see a lot of it is, is email sort of attacks. They're getting much uh, smarter. Much more sophisticated. Yeah. So they're knowing that they can't get into the emails now. Like, if they're all going to... And look, to be honest, I mean, multi-factor authentication has to be deployed yep. everywhere it's something yep. you've got to do um yes it's a pain in the bum to start with where you can, you, can you just explain multi-factor for people that oh. may have not seen it or heard it or yeah. understand it so multi-factor authentication is you will have your username so let's just talk email office 365 for example yep. so your username which is your email address which anybody can get yep. it doesn't matter you'll have your password which you know yep and that's fine so they're the two things that you normally get into your system with yep. right now, if you enter those two things on a dodgy site, anyone can log into your mailbox. Yeah, right, so, so direct that's access. Fine. Direct yep. access. So what we add is a, is a third sort of um, point of authentication is that you have your username, you have your password, you then have, when you enter that password in and click submit, it then prompts for a third piece of information. Right. It might be an SMS that gets sent to your phone, it yep. might be a, an approval that comes through to your phone that you've got to approve, it might be a code that gets generated. So yep. you've got to have something else. You, you, everyone knows your email address, right? Yep. You know your password, but that yep. could, could get compromised. Yep. But you've got to have something that only you can get access to yeah. to provide that final bit to get in. Or that's generated. Or that's generated, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So it could, be a, it could be a fingerprint, it could be a, um, a thing, but typically um, where we see it is, is around a, something on your phone. Yep. Uh, because you're not always going to have fingerprint access um, on everything. You're not always going to have facial recognition, which will, which will come. Like, yeah, yeah. But the thing you can have it, because you, when you access your email, you might be accessing it at the airport yep. on, a, on a terminal. That's cool. You're still going to get challenged for that. Which that is fantastic. Multi, and it will pop up on your phone into the details. Just there. the peace of mind yeah. around that. Mm. Yeah, so security still is, and it will continue to be a challenge. Um, for for organisations as as we move forward, mm. um, it's it's not something that's going away, and it's just a matter of putting different layers and um, different thing and different different. Um, there's going to be different ways that different organisations need to do it. Not everyone needs the same level of of um, protection, yes. but there's certain things that everyone should be having. So it's it's good anti spam and anti virus yep. um, systems in place. It's a it's a good um, it's multi-factor authentication. It's having yep. strong passwords. Um, there's debate at the moment whether you change your passwords regularly or not. Yeah, right. Um, yep. I kind of I have, am of the opinion that if you've got multi-factor authentication, then stick with a longer, stronger password that doesn't change. Yep. Um, and that seems to be the standard that's being applied that we yep. look at from the big guys. But if you don't have multi-factor authentication you need to be changing your password every 30, every 30 60 days, days. Yep. Um, because 
you don't know if you've put it in the wrong spot and stuff yeah. like that. So there are a few things to keep keep in mind with that. But they're the type of things. And then as depending on your organisation, you might want to look at things like mobile device management and yep. uh, data encryption and, and things like this. And um, yeah, so it, it just sort of goes out. But there's this sort of a, a pathway you can take to, to to look at what you what you want to achieve as a business. Yeah, a couple of questions I have. The importance of, of backup now with... With a lot of this that's happening, I see that if someone is infected, the ability to be able to back up clean seems to be a really important feature. Yeah, so it's still there's still an element there. I mean, if you and, and a lot of organisations still they still traditionally have servers on site mm. and things like that, they have to be backed up. Like yep. there is there's not a question, and and they have to be backed up to multiple locations. Yep. So you have to be backing it up on a daily basis, doing a full backup on a daily basis yep. somewhere. Yep, somewhere. And then you have to be getting that off-site somehow. Yeah. Um, and you have to be doing it in such a way that if a ransomware style virus or something hit the server, um, you've got protection of that local backup and more so you've got protection of that off-site backup. So sure. backups are absolutely, absolutely critical. Now backups as you move to the cloud, I say they're still as critical. Yeah. Um, and you need to understand how those backups are running. There'll be systems that you don't have control of, mm. but you need to know that you're getting a backup and how do you verify that? So you, yeah. you've got to be talking to those suppliers and those partners. Um, even the likes of Google G Suite and Office 365, um, I still think there's a strong case for backup on those as well. Uh, and that's mainly from a, a compliance or a um, more of a, an internal peace of mind. Yep. The chances of, of a Microsoft or a Google going completely offline and losing every bit of your email is, look, it's it's low. possible. It's possible. <laughs> it's low. But what we look at is, well, if someone goes rogue in your business and you've got a rogue employee who's decided he wants to delete all the data out of a SharePoint library. Yeah. Okay. So there are things in there that can happen yeah. um, that you can. So there's recycle bins and, and stuff like that. But yeah. but there's a point where depending how how um, how how um, unhappy they are, <laughs> um, that they could be could be doing this over a course of months and deleting key files and yeah. that people might not notice till it's too late. Too late. So unless you've got a, another way to back that up and recover that data, um, you don't know what you don't know. Same for your emails. So they could right. They've been given the bullet. What's the thing they do? They go and delete their inbox. Yeah. Okay, well, Microsoft aren't backing that up no. for that level of protection. I think a lot of people think that they are. They're not. So Microsoft yeah. or Google, someone comes in and does a what we call a shift delete, which is a hard delete mm. of their entire inbox, that email's gone. Gone. You, yeah. you don't have a recycle bin or a yeah. uh, retention period to delete to recover that data. Mm. So unless you've got a third-party backup or, or a, another backup system in place, yeah. Yeah, you've got, you, nothing. you've got nothing. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's still. I think it's still critical. Um, at least, at the very least, understanding what your what your risks are. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't change. Backup's still critical. Deployment on um, multi-factor authentication. I, I just the word sounds scary to most people. How easy is it, and and how have you seen it been done efficiently? I suppose. Yeah, it's a. Um, I mean, the technology itself, when you look at the providers, it's it's designed to be simple. Yep. Click a button, send and send some instructions, but it's the actual education piece with users. Yep. So it's it's educating those that are going to be affected by it, when it's going to happen, planning that. So there's a process to go through around, okay, well, you need to start, the user needs to be able to, uh, before you enforce this, this platform is, 
is about they need to provide some extra detail. Yes. So they need to, when they log onto their account, whether it's Google or Office, they need to provide their mobile number, yep. an alternate email address, so they're, yep. they're pre, pre-set up. So there's sort of a pre-component. Sure. It's then educating them when these things will happen. Um, as an IT department, you then apply it, mm. and then then the users will start to get prompted for that. So they've yep. got to they've got to have this information preloaded. Yep. They've got to have how they're going to provide that. They've got to have the app installed or their yep. SMS or whatever it is they're going to, they've decided they want to use. Yep. Or as a business, what you're going to use. They've got to have that in there. You've obviously got to show them how it's going to work and when it's going to, when it's going to happen. Mm. Um, and, and then it gets rolled out. But there's glitches all the time where, yeah. where it, it hasn't applied properly or you've got to reset it or you've got to re-enable it. There's a process mm. that needs to go through. Yep. So it's just a little, it can just get a little bit finicky. Yeah. Um, and, and it does take time. There's there's time element in there to make it happen. Yep. Um, and depending, and the other thing is, is depending on what other applications are using your mailbox. So we see people yep. who've got third-party applications trying to get access and pull email and create tickets and stuff like that. Sure. We do. Yep. Well, you enable multi-factor authentication on that mailbox. It won't work. That process stops. So you've got yep. to be able to, you've got to be able to work uh, apply the workarounds and yep. and the additional security around that to make that happen. So sure. yeah, and so there's it, a few things that need. And to when it's actually set up, it, it's pretty easy to use, right? Oh yeah, once it's once it's in place and working, I mean, you you get prompted, and depending how it's configured, it might be an everyday thing. Um, we can there's ways that you can sort of whitelist locations and stuff. So if you're in the office, it doesn't happen with different different license versions. But yeah, I mean, every fourteen to thirty days, it'll just re-verify that you are who you are. Yeah. Sending through that that confirmation. If you're logging in from a new device, it's going to force you to to do it. Um, yep. Those type of things. So yeah, yeah. Um, and it's generally pretty simple. Mm. Cool. Moving forward to uh, 2020 and planning for 2020 around mm. your IT. I think it's something that's poignant this time of year to sort of start thinking about. But where do you start? I suppose with with trying to unpack that uh, for people and and sort of how do you not overthink it and just keep it simple mm. um, so how do we yeah so where to start really I think the the biggest thing you've got to know what you've got mm. so you have to be really really clear um, and have a really good understanding of of what you have how it works yep. where it sits all these type of things mm. um, and, and when we look at it it's about it is going quite deep so it's what, how many computers? What's running on those computers? What versions are running on those computers? Yep. Um, all that sort of stuff. What, what's the age of the computers? Um, those type of things. And we, we sort of build a we build a, a platform of the network. What networking's in place? What Wi-Fi? What servers? What cloud yep. infrastructure? So you've got you've got to know what you what you have. Yep. Um, now if if you've got an IT partner, they they should have a fair idea of that. Yep. But you as an organisation. Um, you want to get that really, really clear um, at a point in time. So you'll be thinking as a business, right, we've got, we've got some growth we want to do in 2020. We're, we're looking at maybe another office. We're looking at maybe another five or ten staff, yep. whatever it is. Okay, right. So if you're adding one or two people, that's cool. That generally just add a PC and, and away you go. But if you're making a significant change or, or looking for some significant growth, you're going to want to make sure that the systems you've got in place are going to be able to... Robust. Yeah, support mm. that. But not only support that, but be flexible enough to change as you change as a business because yeah. business changes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you've got to be able to pivot and you don't want to have systems that can't pivot with you. Yes. Um, and we see that um, at times where 
um, organisation invested a lot in, in info or have been advised, invest a lot in infrastructure and it's built a certain way and it's built a certain way which was excellent three to five years ago yeah. which was brilliant to give you that flexibility yeah. but it hasn't it hasn't got the flexibility now to adapt to a cloud environment mm. things like that so there is a, there we're in this period where there has to be a reinvention reinvention of of the way you think about infrastructure yes i mean and, and it's no different for our clients we've, we've they've been designed and built in a certain way which was great at the time yeah absolutely. and now it's now it's key to start okay, how do we transition that and, and how do we stage that and how do we plan that? Yeah. But you can't do any of that unless you are very, very clear mm. on what you have. Mm. What you're spending, where you're spending it, is that the right way to spend it? Yeah. Um, what contracts are in place? What What are the performance on your internet links and all that? What's available in the area? Because as you move to cloud, yep. you need better internet. internet. But you might be in an area that just doesn't have cost-effective good in internet. Yep. We're not talking NBN, we, we need business grade, yep. fiber, fixed wire, something yes. um, to, so to get give the you that performance. stability, performance, and, and availability in there. Mm. So the first thing is really about um, what, it's sort of, it's a discovery. You've, you've got to know what, you, what you've got. Yep. You've got to be absolutely clear on that. Um, and it might be a point in time and that's fine and that's okay. Because um, once you've done that process well once, then it's it's a lot easier to maintain and manage where yep. where you're Ongoing changing that as you go. And take away. Yeah. So once you know where you're at, you've then got to really sit down, and you're obviously as a business you've got strategy in place. Yep. As a business, you would have a plan to get to where you want to go. Yep. Whether it's written down or whatever, but as a yep. as an owner, as a board, as a whatever, you've got a you've got an idea of where you want this business, your business to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and if it's aggressive growth or is it just, let's just keep doing what we're doing or yep. whatever it is. So you know that. Yep. You've got, to, you've got to know that and you've got to know where your IT is. Yep. There's a gap. Yeah, or there may so, be a gap. Yeah. And there so, needs to be alignment. So you need to align that. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's a technical discussion at a business level, yes. if that makes sense. So yes. the business goes, we want to open another office. Technology needs to be able to go, can we support another office? Yes. And how do we support another office? Yeah. How do we support another 10 users? Yep. How do we support another five offices? Yep. So unless IT has visibility to that and there's an alignment there, you could end up with a system that's just going to be way too expensive to add that second side on. Yes. Or if you do add that second side on, it's going to be so unproductive mm. because you've got systems that don't support it. So issues. All that sort of stuff. Mm. So it's it's that understanding what you've got today it's it's building that strategy out of okay where's the business want to go and mm. then what are those gaps and then what needs to happen over the next three six twelve eighteen months yes and probably 12 to 18 months is about where you'd want to push it out to yep. um trying in that to, trying to predict further with that yeah one, and too. most designs now i mean if we're if we're looking at a, at a cloud first model which Let's be honest. That's that's where things are. Yeah, we're we're looking at designing systems and platforms and infrastructure to be cloud first. Yeah, all our all our applications may not support that today, and that's mm. that's okay. Mm. But if we know that that's where we're going, so we can plan out twelve months and go right. Well, we've got this application that's sitting here. We can't get rid of it, but how could we cloud enable it? Yeah, well, we can do. There's there's ways to do it, and yes. it can still then be flexible enough to fit into your overall strategies. Yeah. So that's that first section. The, the first the first two things we generally look at is that discovery phase, mm. and then the design and strategy element. Yeah. Um, so 
as, as a client or a prospect, you can sit there and go, right, well, this is what you've got now. Yep. This is what you're spending. This is where you're spending it. Um, this is where you've told us you want to go. And as a business, you've identified this. And, and as, a, as a platform, we've identified these gaps just in your technology as it stands today and, yep. and what that looks like. But here's what you need to achieve to do that. Mm. In some cases, there might be big investment that's needed. In other cases, it can be done over a 12 or 18 month period and just transitioned in. So yep. it depends on, on the outcomes needed. The business might be going, no, we've got to open up these places in whatever. Yeah. Right, well, okay, well, to, to achieve that, you've got to do this, this, and this, because yeah, we yeah. know where you are today. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's the planning element. It's about, it's not neglecting the technology when you're planning your business. Yes. You'll be planning all day, every day for, HR, for finance, for, for growth of the business and things like that. Mm. And how often are you sitting down and going, right, to achieve all these things, where does technology fit into that? Absolutely. Um, because ultimately technology is the foundation of every business. In this day and age, definitely. It's, yeah. it's no longer, and, it, and it's, it is no longer IT as a department. Yeah. Um, it is very much IT. It's cliche. IT enables the business. It's, yep. it's no longer that cliche. It's actual fact. Definitely. The you, productivity gain that you can get by deploying good technology in this day and age is oh, it's unbelievable. Insane. Yeah. But, but think of it on the flip side. What's what's the productivity loss if oh, your PC goes down? Definitely. If your network factor. goes down. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, you tell me how, how cranky people get when they can't do what they need to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... And even simple things. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, that, and that's it. It's about making sure that people have got access to that. Mm. Uh, and having platforms and systems and support and structures in place that allow people to get what they need when they need it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's sort of the key element is technology is supposed to have been getting simpler. And you look at it, okay, we've it's it's on 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 face value it does look simpler. Yes. I can go sign up to Microsoft and I can get my Office three six five account and I can install my software and. Oh, hang on. Well, how do I get my email into that? <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, I've got 20 people I need to... How do I do that effectively? Yeah. Oh, hang on. I've got my email system over here. Yeah. So the actual subscription piece yeah. is very simple. Anyone yeah. can go get an app on their phone and sign up and do stuff. And, and that's a, that. they've made that very, very simple. Yes. But they... The migration you, you've, and You've got to think about how you're going to get to it to use it. Yeah. Um, so that's part of that planning strategy as well. So, yeah, it's... Um, and look, now's the time. I mean, what are we leading into November, December? Um, they're generally quieter periods um, for, for a lot of businesses um, and into January. And, and it is an opportune time to take that to, uh, I mean, we see our team doing it from around, they use that time to do maintenance and, and management on, on systems. Absolutely. Perfect time for that. But uh, but we're also seeing, working with a few few clients on, okay, well, we've, we've set strategy around this time and right, mm. what needs to happen between now and the end of January? So you yep. guys are ready to fire, everyone's back from leave and yep. you're kicking. So what, what needs to happen there? Yeah. Um, so it's that planning stage. And that planning stage, I mean, look, this is always a good time to do it, but it doesn't matter. Do it in January, do it in February. Yeah. Do it Do it in the first six months of the year, set you up for the next financial year. Yep. It doesn't matter when you do it, you've got to pick a time and you've got to, You've got to start looking at playing that that technology yeah. play, um, and how that how that's going to work for your business, and how you're going to make it work for your business. Yeah, yeah. And to break that planning down a bit, I, I know you use a, a really simple the four pillars. I think could you explain that in a bit of detail and explain how sort of we've helped clients get some clarity around that planning by breaking it down into four pillars that yeah. make it easy to digest. Because from 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 our side of the fence, we look at it as there's four things that really make up a, a productive 
um, IT environment or technology environment because I think it's it's more than IT now. I look at it as yeah, it's technology, technology across a business. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and I think technology this in this day and age, if you're not thinking about it as a whole holistic, um, all-encompassing, you know, communication, the computer you use, the way you interact with your your people within your business and ex- externally, um, then then you sort of probably missing a lot of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult to look at. You you've got to look. You can't really look at technology in isolation mm. anymore. It's not just what are we going to do with that server, yep. or what are we going to do with that internet, or what are we going to do with that person's PC. Yes. Um, so yeah, it is. You do have to look at technology holistically. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and it's oh, we just want to move this to the cloud. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That can be done, mm. but what's the impact? Is your internet going to support it? Are the users? How are the users going to access it? How are we going to manage that? What's yep. the cost? What's the cost modeling around that? So yep. you can't. You've got to look at all this mm. to be able to do that one piece. Yeah. You only got to look at this once. Well, at a point in time. Yep to go, okay, Bench now we can market. do this piece, yeah. but then we can do that piece in three months and we can do that one in 12 months. And, yeah. then, and then, so we've looked at the, the whole process. So we look at it, so that, that's, the, that's that planning stage. But the four pillars you, you talk about um, is, yeah, it's um, the technology pillars um, that we look at is, um, uh, it's systems, yep. it's support, it's security and strategy. Yep. So those sort of four key areas are where just about anything technology related will slot in, slot, slot in. into, and, yep. and we've mapped that out and defined what that looks like. And mm. it's it's adaptive and changeable, but but ultimately every business needs to, will will have an needs to address all those four pillars. Four pillars yep. Now, to the depth that you do it is dependent on what you're trying to achieve and yep. and what you need as a business. Mm. But the the systems, the support, the security, and the strategy. They're, they're critical across every business yep. and they're not in isolation. Yes. So it's not in, okay, that's just an IT four pillars. It's a technology pillar yep. for your entire business. Yeah. Finance runs on that, HR runs on that, your whatever operational unit you run on that, mm. whatever manufacturing sits across all those four pillars. So you yep. need to be be looking at it holistically. Yeah. So if we break those those down so people can get a bit more of an idea, the the... Um, systems is about your infrastructure. Yeah, so that's your, your, your computers, desktop, your, your telephone, desk, your internet, your backup, your um, backup flips between, but but those type of things. So it's the core elements that are, that are critical to your to, to any business, yep. IT wise. So they're the fundamentals, the foundation. Yep. Um, is is the systems, and it's making sure they're at, at the right level. Yep. We discussed Windows Seven and when, before. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. The key key component of of our systems pillar is Windows 10 yep. because we know that the value that can bring and the flexibility it offers when we want to address other areas in the, in the pillars. Yeah. So systems, it sits there. Um, in that, we're looking at your application set, what's what, what applications you're using, what email platforms, what ERP, what finance, whatever it is. Yes. So it's, it's understanding, it's having that all laid out yep. and clear what it is, where it sits and where does it sit on on a scale. Yeah, how they so work together. Yeah, it, are, are they good? Are they need some work? Are they desperate need of work? So we yep. try and keep it that simple. Yep. Um, three three sort of things, like the green, yellow, or red. Yeah, um, traffic lights. Traffic lights. So we look at it and go, right, so we can quite easily look at these pillars uh, and we look at them in a hole. So we've got there. We then look at support. Mm. So you've got the systems in place. That's all great. Yeah. You've then got to support that. Yep. doesn't matter what, what organ- size organization. You get 10 staff, 150 staff, or 1,000 staff. You've got to have an element of support around there, yeah. Because the the 
and when we say support, we're looking at how are your users being enabled to use that technology. Yeah, right. So it's not just a matter of oh, we don't we don't ring a help desk, we don't need that, mm. and 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 it's not about ringing and getting charged and stuff like that. It's about how to how to as an organisation, do you get supported to use those platforms better? So yep. yes, there is the the traditional monitoring. You need to make sure stuff's online, yes. whether it's your your internet, your Wi-Fi, whatever. If you've got service, you need to make sure that's all online. You need yes. to have visibility to that. Yep. You then need to be um, uh, maintaining all of that. Yep. So okay, well, firewalls need updates, switches, PCs need updates, Patches, any antivirus yeah. running, all those sorts of things. You need to maintain it. You then need to support it. So. What happens when a user can't do something? Who are they ringing? Mm. Are they ringing the the accounts lady? Are they ringing yeah. the, the the CEO? Are they are they who are they ringing? Are they ringing your, your IT provider? Have you got an IT department? Mm. You need to understand who they can ring when they need support. Yep, because they do need support. Definitely, it's and you need to make sure that support is in such a way <clears throat> that people are encouraged to use it. Yep that you as an organization can control what that looks like from a cost perspective mm. and that you've got the range of service in there to be able to get the support the users need. Yeah, they're because users are gonna have issues, everything from my PC won't start. So that's mm. your traditional hardware support. But then they're gonna have questions around, we use Office 365 and we're using Teams, how do we do this better in Teams? Yep. That's support. Yep. Yes, there's an element of training and education, and that fits into that pillar as well. So yeah, that, that's yeah. really it there. Yeah. Um, and then it's just supporting all the different bits and pieces. So mm. who's supporting your telephone? Who's supporting your ERP? Having all that structure in place. Yep. Can that be a one-stop point of call for your users? Yep. Support, you don't want your users to have to make a decision around who they need to call. Mm. You don't want to have finger pointing. Oh, I've got a problem with my finance system, so I'll ring them. They go, that's a hardware problem, so now you've got to ring that person. Yeah. And that person goes, that's an internet person, so you've got to yeah. go ring that person. Yeah. You want to be able to call one person, I go, I've got a problem with my ERP system or my mm. finance system. Mm. Okay, cool, let's have a look at that for you. Yeah. Okay, we've, we've gone and tested this, this, and this. Okay, yeah, you're, it is actually a problem with your ERP system. Yeah. How about we go and call them for you and we'll get that sorted out. We'll give them all the background information so they don't have to worry about it and it's done. Yeah. yeah. So that's the support pillar, um, is all around that. Um, other pillar, the next pillar is security. Yeah, you've got your your systems. You've got your I've support. The pillars today, chat. Hey, we cover them all. Um, you've got security, and that is how do we secure the environment? How deep do we need to go in security? Yep. Have we got the basics in place? Have we got yep. firewalls? Have we got patching? Have we got um, spam in filters? All these sorts of things. Multi-factor authentication. Do we need to consider single sign-on? Do we need yep. all those bits and pieces yeah. that we discussed? And that, so it's going that'll deep be on different that. layers for different businesses. Different some layers for different businesses. Some people only so, need three. Correct, that's yep. right. So we, we look at and define that and go, well, that's not actually applicable to your business. That's fine. Yeah. Um, or parts of it maybe. It doesn't matter. But So mm. you've got all this security. But you, with all that security, it needs to be supported. Yeah. So you've got to have that support play in place before you're going to get any benefit out of this security. You can go implement your multi-factor authentication, your spam and your mobile device management. Go and implement it all. Yeah. But if you've got no structure around supporting that, mm. it's going to be next to useless. As soon as there's a problem, it's going to grind to a halt. Yeah. And now you've got users screaming that security's too tight. Yeah. It's not that security's too tight, so you've got no one to support it. Yeah. So they go and hand can, in hand. You, can, you do see that where people go overkill with the security, they don't support it, and then it becomes prohibitive. Or yeah. It slows the yeah. organization down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's a reason why we, we always get systems right, then support, then security. So once you've got your support channels right, implementing security feeds straight into that. So yeah. your users are already already averse calling 
for support and, and getting that help and getting the proactive nature. You want yep. the support to fit into yep. there. Um, so that, that's the security piece. And the final piece is strategy. Um, because when we look at strategy, we, we don't look again in isolation. We've, we've had strategy to implement all these, all these other pillars. Absolutely. But the strategy piece here then is about maintaining that. Yep. So it's about, okay, how often are we sitting down and going, right, where's the business going? What changes need to happen? Yep. Are we, are, is, are we, we, is technology sitting beside the company and, and the business strategy to yep. make sure everything is, is visible? There's, there's strategy around, do we need to be more strategic around how we do business continuity or disaster recovery, cyber training, all these sorts of things. So the strategic areas within that that cover all the, the infrastructure and security. Yep. But this this strategy play, again, you'll do elements of it before you start and, and get it, but this needs to be the ongoing piece. This yep. is the bit that circles back around everything because yeah. at some point, your strategy is gonna define that we need to change our desktop in systems. Yep. We need to change our support structure. We need to improve our security. So these pillars will up and change all the way through yes. um, as long as you've got this strategy piece driving it at the end. So, yeah, right. um, so that's where the, the four pillars really sit. Mm. Um, and they do work in that, when we do it, we do work in that alignment. Absolutely. Um, yes, we do strategy, a bit of strategy up front, but mm. it's knowing that the end pieces we're going to be circling around circling and going through again, circling and going months. through. Yeah, every well. quarter, every six months, every 12 months, doesn't matter. As long mm. as there's a continuous cycle in there, yeah. and depending on the business and, and the organization, will define what that needs to look like, yeah. whether it's quarterly, whether it's whether it's monthly, quarterly, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but that's that's the bit you need to work on. I think traditionally you've seen a lot of businesses implement technology and then think, oh, I don't need to do anything until it breaks. Yeah, correct. And I feel like the world that we live in now with the opportunity for businesses to actually gain a real competitive advantage with utilising technology in the right way, it's, it's silly to think in that old way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think technology, to where, we, where technology is at today, it's not an advantage if you're not using it. Yes. So just implementing technology, there's no strategic advantage for your business just yep. to get technology to the baseline that there's an expectation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there, that's, that's a given in business now, mm. there is that. But then once you've got that baseline in place, yes, it's leveraging that technology to gain those advantages. Yep. So it's looking at what key elements within our stack or what we're using or what do we need to introduce yes. that's going to drive. Now, you can't do this piece, this introduction of new technology, mm. unless you've done all this. Because yep. you go out and you go, right, we've made a business decision to go AI. Yep. We're going to implement a, an AI manufacturing, planning, whatever. Yes, we can see the return. It's going to be great, all this sort of stuff. Yep. If core, you haven't got this right, core infrastructure, core infrastructure is not going to support that. Yeah. You, you've now got this massive big plan, which you've everyone's all gung ho about. But have you considered what you've got yeah. to be able to implement that? Yeah. So you have to get everything to this baseline, and IT has to be involved in those discussions mm. to go. Yeah, right. You've got the platform now. Let's go and look at it as a business. Yes, let's go look at it, an yeah. AI play for your manufacturing. Yeah. Let's go look at an AI plan for your customers. Whatever it is. Mm. Um, but you've got to have that visibility, yep. you've got to have that system, and you've got to have that baseline. Yeah. Or you've got to at least be working towards it. Because the AI play, I mean... Start I just, on the journey. It's a journey. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. Um, and that's how we've defined. You look at the way we, we take our clients through that process. Yeah. Yes, there's the four pillars, 
Um, and we actually have four stages of the journey that they yeah. go through. Um, because you've got to design it. Uh, you've got to discover. You've got to understand what you've got. You've got to design and strategize it all. Yeah. You then got to deploy it, yeah. which is a shit fight. Yeah. Implementing change, upgrades, all that yeah. sort of stuff. You then got to keep the direction going. So that's the support and the the strategy and all that sort of stuff. So the four pillars sit within that that framework. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, great insight. Fantastic insight. And I hope the listeners have sort of. I've got gems out of it and I get to see it every day. So, yeah, thank you. Uh, good cool. sharing. No, no. We need to uh, make sure we're doing more of these. Yeah, <laughs> they're I've always had a fun. few more. All right, thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to the Modern Workplace Hacks podcast. Hope you got some value. We'd really love for you to subscribe to the podcast or follow us on YouTube and LinkedIn. Look forward to bringing you some more episodes soon.